today while we're recording, we're doing back-to-back too, so. And we're in a dark box. We're in a yes. different recording booth than normal. Yes, and it is dark because the uh, uh, the, the lights were blinding me. Yes. And, and I felt like I was in an interrogation and I was going to go blind. And now the lights are off and it's like we're in like film noir. It It is like that. Like it's, it's very harsh. All angles. we need are some cigarettes. Yeah, on BYU campus, they'll be mm-hmm. super jazzed about One that. One of my film professors is always talking about how, like, how, how pretty smoke looks on film. I'm like, oh, oh, Dean. <laughs> Cutie pie. Um, Tegan is also getting over being sick because apparently my sinuses hate me. Mm-hmm. So if I sound a little like I'm drowning, that's what's going on. Good to know. <clears throat> For the listener? Yeah, I mean, you already know. I basically <laughs> live-tweeted my illness at you. You mean we're friends? And we talked? <laughs> See, and I felt so guilty. There were so many times that something... Well, okay, the weirdest thing happened. I, um... So everything tastes sweet. Yeah. Everything. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, I was debating whether or not I should tell my friends, because I don't want to be annoying. But... Do you know how much I talked about my sense of taste after I got COVID? That's true. It was ridiculous. I thought that, I, I don't know, I thought everybody was lying to me. I was like, what are you talking about? Every single food in my house is rancid. <laughs> um, That's so much worse than just losing taste. Yeah, well, it's also, it was slight rancid. So it's like, and it was everything. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, recently, have you been watching any TV shows? Um, I know where what you're getting at, and I have been watching TV shows, but no reality. Not TV. really any reality TV. See, I, I same, same. I don't think we're super reality TV people. Like no. there might be a show or two that piques our fancy. Hey, no, you you have had a big reality TV phase more recently than I have. Yes, well, I really like my my top show currently. Actually, is probably it's called Glow Up. Glow Up. It's a BBC. A BBC original, but it's, like, now only on Netflix. Anyway, they, um, a bunch of makeup artists come together and come together. They're competing. It's a makeup competition show. Yeah, but it's just really good. It is good. I watched a few episodes with you. (laughs) It it was nice. I have absolutely zero interest in makeup, and I was like, no, this is cool. It's just there's something so beautiful about pigmentation being painted on skin. It's very... The skin part I do take issue with. But I can still understand the artistry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's also, I'm not super hard to, like, please. Especially when it comes to reality TV. I may be a little bit more discerning when it comes to film. But I'll enjoy most films that I watch. Fair. Even if I walk out of it and I'm going to, like, talk about it and how bad it was, I still, like, liked the experience. But with reality TV, I don't even bother to, like, critically analyze it. No. It's, Why would you? And it's almost freeing because of that. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. I mean, sometimes my problem is I get, I'll get so bogged down in personal questions of like, how real is this? Yeah, no, that's something that's fair and that we'll get into because reality TV is fascinating and complicated and there is way more scholarship on it than I ever thought, than I ever expected. (laughs) Well, Becca, how real is reality TV? Well... It really depends on the show. Okay. Can you be more specific? Yeah. I don't think it's possible. Like, 
that's probably the vaguest I've ever been about anything <laughs> on this podcast. First, a little history lesson. Well, no, first. Oh. Welcome to Be More Specific, where an entomologist, me, and a film student, me, walk into a podcast and walk out with a question answered. I'm Tegan. And I'm Becca. And we're about to talk exhaustively about reality TV. Mm-hmm. Um, During mm-hmm. two full eight-hour school days, we're like, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. We desperately want to serve you Our dear every two weeks. Yeah. And we're that trying. is, we are trying so hard. Appreciate us. It's, I know everybody's like, nobody's asking you. <laughs> nobody's asking you to do this. We do every, if we miss one, people ask like where it is. That's true. And that does feel quite, people meaning like the two people on our Discord. I know, meaning your sisters. Well, your sister too. Oh, Jenny okay. Sass. Only sisters. Okay, First so off, history. I think, let's actually... What do you think the definition of reality TV is? Or what do you, what's the first thing you think of when somebody asks you about reality uh, the TV? Kardashians. The Kardashians. Yeah, they're the pinnacle to me. Or Real Housewives. Okay. Yeah, those are pretty similar shows. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I actually read a few scholarly texts that took reality TV extremely seriously and, like, the study of it, Good. which I enjoyed. Um, so the first thing I have is that Scholars, when they were first talking about reality TV in the 90s, they defined it as a televisual form that blurs traditional distinctions between information and entertainment, documentary and drama, public and private discourse. So, I mean, we could dig into that, or... (laughs) I was trying to think of, like, anything funny to say, but it was just like... No, scholars really suck the fun out of everything, don't they? Uh, Today, Mm. I read an article where in the citation so you know you have in the parentheses normally it's last name of the author and the date mm-hmm. so like i don't know apa i guess yeah um it was incorrectly attributed as a like as a revision i think in the parentheses comma then the citation they cited the author but they wanted to make sure that it was known they were citing them in a this was a bad paper sort of way. Oh, that's really funny. It was so petty. I love it. And it's like, you were explaining to me, and I had no clue where that was going or what it meant. But it was like, it's the equivalent of, like, walking into, like, an art gallery, and then you turn around, and there's, like, a fist fight, and two people are, like, just going at it. And you're like, what? This isn't... I, I thought I was in a place of learning. Mm. People are petty, but... So that's scholars being fun. That is scholars being fun, and that you know you could approach reality TV from such a critical standpoint. And you know, to be fair, it is. It does blur traditional distinctions between reality and like fiction, because obviously it's called reality TV, but nobody views it as such. Um, and I think that a better definition is really just that it's a catch-all category that includes a wide range of entertainment programs about real people. That's that's the one requirement is that they're about real people. Ooh, but um, even that. Like, that definition alone shows... Well, yeah, it also includes, like, documentary. Well, that also shows, like, the Kardashians are real people. 
Yeah. Quote unquote real. Like that's just such an interesting. Yeah, and it is it is really difficult mm-hmm. to like I mean everybody has trouble kind of determining the line between reality TV and even documentary or reality TV and fiction. And there are a couple of other things that kind of differentiate it. But I want to talk a little bit about, like, the history of, you know, where reality TV came from and how it has developed. Because I am apparently a history nut. I just learned this. Um, Disgusting. But. I'm so proud. (laughs) Reality TV formats have existed since as early as the 1940s. First through radio shows. Can I, do you have topics? What do you mean? Like, what the shows were about? Yeah. Can I guess? Sure. Um. A musician making it big time. A cake decorator. A family's adventures. Those are my three guesses. Did I hit it at all? I mean, I think maybe the first one is closest. (laughs) A musician making it. Uh, A lot of people think that This Is Your Life is like the first reality show. And it was first broadcast on the radio and it switched to television in the early 50s. And this was reality TV because it presented the story of a real person's life. And it relied on the participation of real people. This would this was just cameras and the host, Ralph Edwards. They would just show up at different locations and just, like, basically just start interviewing people. They, would, they showed up at a Johnny Cash concert. They, like, surprised him on stage in the middle of a concert. Um, but then they would even, uh, <clears throat> they would show up at just, like, I mean, it's this is your life. And they would take all kinds of people from relatively different backgrounds i mean it was mostly like white middle class or rich you know because that was typical um of the media experience of the time but so that was the first thing it was basically like interviews that's really interesting okay um but it was counted as reality tv because it wasn't or i would count it as reality tv and i think a lot of people would because it's not for an educational purpose it's for an entertainment entertainment purpose another really early one was called the original amateur hour and this was a talent show that featured acts that performed for a voting audience. And, you know, this preceded Star Search, American Idol, yeah. America's Got Talent. Like, that format has existed for, like, 70 years. That sounds delightful. Yeah. I mean, you know? it, it would probably be fun to look at just to see the different things that were, like, appealing to people. Or even, like, the weird ones. Mm-hmm. You know? Because now there's always, like... I'm sure they have, like, the joke talents, because that's just kind of a part of a talent show. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my talent is I can make a burrito, like, wicked fast, and everyone's like, what? And then they do it, and you're like, no, that is kind of impressive. That is pretty cool, actually. Why do I, why do I like that? (laughs) Yeah. So, for a lot of years, reality TV was mainly, like, celebrity interviews and game shows. We still, we still haven't gotten to, like, a Kardashian sort of thing, really, at all. It's not, it, it doesn't. Like, reality TV wouldn't tend to focus on, like, one subject for a long period of time. It would, it was, like, a, a, constate, a, a constantly rotating cast of characters, well, effectively. It, it kind of, I feel like this is just, like, wholesome entertainment. It's not, a lot of reality TV now hinges on the fact that it's kind of trashy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's junk food. Yeah, and it wasn't really viewed like that for a really long time, and... Uh, probably the biggest reason why reality TV started being, like, produced in earnest mm-hmm. and because the amount of reality TV shows that were being produced pretty quickly overtook, like, narrative storytelling. Whoa. Um, and it's just because it's super cheap. Like, you don't have to, yeah, you don't, you don't have, have to pay actors. You don't have to hire writers. 
and like all you need is cameras and like a crew just constantly filming and editors but overall and it like it didn't require super elaborate sets or you could reuse the same sets every single week so it was and you could get people to do it for free because they just want to be on tv yeah exactly mm-hmm. and that is something that um is like a huge part of a huge part of like the appeal both to contestants it seems like participants and to the audience is that reality tv allows for a seemingly democratic moment as average people are given a similar treatment to celebrities that makes sense yeah like anybody can be on tv and uh anybody can win anybody like what a delicious lie (laughs) you know right like it's so that's totally like i've definitely had that thought oh well you know if i try harder but like Mm -hmm. no that's not true yeah and there is just something almost genius about these things like american idol or wheel of fortune or whatever where it's the same format that you can do like weeks without end for years and years and years and like Every episode is similar enough not to be objectionable or jarring or anything, but, like, just different enough to be appealing. And people, I don't know, it might be, like, a voyeuristic sort of thing where people just like watching other people just, period. So many... (laughs) Being themselves or not, like... (laughs) There was one where they had to do, like, a lie detector test. Mm -hmm. And horrible things were basically aired out on TV. And they, like... There was an episode that they never aired because it was, mm. or they aired it once and then they pulled it because people reacted so strongly. So there's like a, this line between reality, I suppose, mm-hmm. and this like wanting to see people suffer, kind of. Right. Like you want to see people stressed, but you don't want to see like actual consequences. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that is also like a fair point <laughs> about reality TV. And also. The mo- Reality TV. I know, I'm already being so academic about it, but the like. Modern Coliseum. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the face you just made. That was my academic face. Uh, That's actually the face I make when I'm presenting um, mm-hmm. at conferences. You just have like one like extended eyebrow and your lips are a little bit pursed. <laughs> <laughs> and my eyes are both rolled back all the way. <laughs> and honestly, no. You know the you know the reality TV Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Uh, with the ninth Doctor, it's a bad wolf episode. Yeah. And they're they he and Rose just go to a rotate like a, a television station in space. Yeah. That's like the only thing I was thinking about the entire time I was researching this. <laughs> just that whole episode. It's so true. It's so accurate. It has Big Brother. It has Jeopardy. It ha- or I guess Weakest Link. I don't know. I mean, those are mainly the two. Oh, yeah. But they're very... Reality TV already parodies itself, basically. Well, my local news station had this thing where they would... You could be a junior reporter. Yeah. You could apply, and it was basically a reality... Yeah. Like, segment where they taught you how to, like, be a reporter, and I got it, and I got to interview the Harlem Globetrotters. I I didn't know that about you. It was very exciting. I was on a lot of cameras, and so, I, I did, like, professional interviews. So... What do the Harlem Globetrotters do? They're just entertainers, right? They don't actually play basketball? Yeah, no, they, I mean, they, like, they play, it's, like, and then, okay, so the Harlem Globetrotters are the famous ones. Yeah. And there's a bunch of white dudes who they bring with them as, like, the opposing team. Oh. They're basically actors, and they're just acting out a game of basketball oh. in the Harlem Globetrotters. It's, like, reality dunking. basketball. Mm-hmm. 
that's amazing. One of my favorite Scooby-Doo <laughs> movies when I was little was the Harlem yes. Grove Globetrotters one. You know the one. Yes. No. I-, I watched it For dozens of times. There, everyone at my school thought I was super into the Harlem Globetrotters. No. And I was like, I could not care less. That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, I think I also watched a cake box episode where they made a cake for the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, I went to the shop. To the bakery. I have never been. For somebody who spent as much time as like a middle schooler let's go watching sometime. cake boss as I did, I've never actually been to Carlo's Bakery. Let's go and let's get cannoli. That's one of the shows where, like I know all reality television is bad, but that one I took kind of seriously. Like I was uh-huh. like, this is real, like yeah. they're making art. Like, yeah. I didn't really care about the family stuff. That's but I, how I feel about the makeup one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but but I can't watch Cake Boss because the one time I tried watching it again out of nostalgia, everybody's so obnoxious and the cakes they make are ugly and probably taste bad. Yeah, but the All of them are just made out of Rice Krispie treats. Yes. All of them. Yes. It's... They're it's so it's actually sad to me how bad that show is. Oh, it's, it's, it's upsetting because the bakery's, like, pastries are so good. Are they actually? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought so. We'll see. I mean, I had like Santa Maria Thai based pastries, which were pretty good. But hmm. also, there was just a huge explosion of television in the seventies and eighties, uh-huh. where the quantity of cable channels exceeded the number of available shows. Like once it was proven that the TV format, you know, with like advertising and everything, was like a profitable like. Endeavor. Endeavor or system. Yeah, I know. Like, what am I trying no, to say? No, whenever someone says endeavor. What was a profitable, endeavor. like, business plan, then, um, wait, you think endeavor? <laughs> oh, from my hair academia? I was like, you mean, like, the spaceship? Um, <laughs> no, I'm, like, crying. No, I'm, I think about the hero. Yeah. yeah. So, but what, once it was just, like, once TV was a proven medium for making money everybody got in on it so the quantity of cable channels just like skyrocketed and there just wasn't enough content and sitcoms kept getting harder to create because they were expensive and like there are issues there were issues with copyright and like Mm. different channels would have a monopoly on a certain idea and stuff like that but with reality tv show it's like endlessly repeatable you can yeah. just make a million versions of the same show, and you can also make the exact same show in, like, a, a dozen different languages and oh. have it appeal to all of those audiences, too, whereas there might be cultural boundaries that are, like... For stories, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, there are obviously situations where um, countries would use, like, the same concept as an American TV show, or an American TV show would use the same concept as, like, an Indian TV show, and... You know, that happens, but it's a lot more common re- with reality TV. Yeah, well, that's even common now. Netflix, I watched The Circle. Yeah. And the U.S. Circle came out after it had been, like, tested in Brazil, I believe. Oh, interesting. Because it was originally in por- Portuguese. It was originally in Portuguese. I have a hard time saying Portuguese. Sometimes. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do think that... <laughs> pork cheese. <laughs> and then I feel like jerk yeah that's fair i mean you don't have to feel like a jerk no but but... it's fair yeah to be stressed about it (laughs) so yeah reality tv was made to proliferate it was uniquely suited to be endlessly repeated it's like the ideal meme yeah yeah the way it spreads is kind of where you just make little little changes and just Uh continue on um do you remember the era 
of reality TV shows where it was just people getting hurt. Like America's Funniest Home Videos? No, just that as well. America's Funniest Home Videos, Wipeout, all of the ones where they have to, like, fit through. There's one where it was, like, cut, like, hole in the wall, and you had to, like... Oh, you had to... Yeah, people had to fit through the hole. Uh There was a period where it was just, like, let's watch people physically injure themselves. Yeah, that period still kind of exists. Yeah, but it's, it's maybe a little less in vogue. But like that was like a bunch of Nickelodeon. Oh my gosh, all the kid kid reality TV shows. Yeah. It is insane how much reality TV is out there. Like I I know so many off the top of my head and I've seen so many just like in passing, but there's so many that I was that I found when I was researching that I had never heard of before. Uh, what's your favorite reality TV show? Oh. Great British Baking Off. Ba- baking Off. Great British Baking Off. I'm pretty sure it's Bake Off in England and Baking Show in America, and I don't know why they changed mm, it. Weird. Um, mine is probably Fetch with Ruff Ruffman. It's a reality show? I mean, it's a bunch of kids. I never follow. watched it. You follow? <laughs> it's on PBS, or it was. I don't know if it still is. It's yeah. out of Canada, which I know because I tried to get on it. Um, I also <laughs> applied for So You Want... So you think you're smarter than a fifth grader. Why would you apply to these shows as a kid? I thought I was, I don't know. I smarter than a fifth grader? Well, no, I'm just, I, I don't know. It's just funny. I'm I don't know anybody who. I cameras, so I was like, oh, this would be fun. Yeah, I guess. And you get, I had like, big dreams of being on Chopped Junior. Yeah. I never applied because I was afraid, but I thought I could do it. <laughs> uh, Fetch with Ruff Ruffman is like, it's basically like a mini- I don't know. They just do little, like, challenges and stuff, and you, like, you can get eliminated, and then the winner gets, like, a bunch of, like, dumb, like, kid toys and some money. But that, That's cool. It was the, like, main host was a cartoon dog. Okay. I think I know what Rough Ruffman looks like. Yeah. And I've seen the cartoon dog before, so I just assumed it was a whole cartoon. No. I did not it's know. A children's reality. I did not show. know that. That's so and funny. And I loved it, and I would, like, follow it, and, like, know which people I wanted to win. It, it's kind of like um, Amazing Race, another show that I... I've never seen Amazing Race either. I would love to do Amazing Race. I know they treat their people horribly, but I yeah. think it's fun. Um, but, so a lot of this, like, development of... I watch a lot of reality TV. Apparently. Or I did, I guess. I okay. watched a lot as a kid. My grandma really likes it. Shout out to grandma. Yeah. It's, okay, but, so a lot of this, like... 80s development of reality TV came to a head when TV writers staged a 22-week strike in 1988 that greatly affected network programming. That's what happened for, um, isn't that why, like, Days of Our Lives jumped the shark? I don't know. I feel like I've heard about this But, like, before. so, there were a bunch of networks that already had at least one reality show in their season's lineup, but channels like Fox resorted to reality TV during and after the strike because there's, there's no writers... I mean, we'll get into why that is kind of a fallacious uh, thought, but there's no Writers Guild writers, so you can make as much reality TV as you want during a writer's strike. So that was the season where Cops premiered, which became Uh one of TV's longest-running shows, and then it ended mysteriously in 2020. I wonder why. I wonder why. Interesting. Uh, So yeah, that show just follows police around the country filming real response calls and arrests. I've never seen Cops. It sounds uninteresting to me, but... There's a spoof of it in Singles Ward. The movie Singles Ward. Yeah. There's a bit where... I'm taking class from the guy who edited that. (laughs) It's it's funnily edited. 
<laughs> he says, I don't claim that one. <laughs> he doesn't claim a lot of them. There's a lot of, like, wife cuts. <laughs> oh, no, but there's a part where she's trying to, like, break back into her apartment. Yeah. And then the cops from cops come. And so they're Oh, her. yeah, wow. Like, I've seen this movie, not... like, three times, and I don't remember that at all. I've seen it, like, 12, so... And then reality TV became the prevailing force in the 1999 to 2000 season when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire took the number one spot in rankings. Oh, I love that show. And the number two and the number three <gasps> spots. No. Because it aired three times a week, drawing 27 to 28 million viewers each night. And then the following year, Survivor took the lead with 29.8 million viewers on average. I know lots of people who are wicked into Survivor in like a real way. S was into it for a long time. Because there's a lot of strategy. I yeah, guess. it looks it looks fun and interesting. I just watched a show called The White Lotus, which the like creator and showrunner of it, mm-hmm. he has been on Survivor for like multiple seasons. He's a huge fan. Cool. Yeah, he's like I he's like this show is about white people trying to find their island paradise is basically the same way I tried to with Survivor. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't it a murder mystery? Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's like a weird one. I don't know, you'd probably like it. I probably would. So, and then for context for those numbers, the most watched TV show in the United States in the in the 2020 to 2021 season was Sunday Night Football with nearly 17 million viewers. Wow. So, streaming has changed things a lot. Yes. And it is exceptionally difficult to know exactly like how to compare the golden era of like primetime television to what streaming is now. But it seems with this new show, this new phenomenon called Squid Game, which I only heard about today, it's like a Korean reality competition show where people it's not play. Real. It's not real. It's a horror. It's horror. It's horror? Yeah, people. Um... Oh, so it's like narrative television. Yeah, it's real TV. But the premise is that it is a reality TV show. Oh, that's super interesting. Okay, I mean, I'll cut the part out where I Have sound you stupid. The I no. Okay, people like die in the trailer. Oh, okay, no, I I <laughs> I was like, Becca, it's not real. Do you, do you know they don't die? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the trailer. I just saw an article that said Squid Game, and then the way that it is like described. Oh no, this makes sense. It's described as it tells the story of a group of 456 people who are invited to risk their lives in a mysterious survival game with 45.6 billion won prize. I don't know. I like skipped over the survival parts of that and I was like, oh, cool. It's just a competition show. Yeah, there's a part where like a girl, like she's trying to cut like a biscuit into a certain shape yeah and it the, her biscuit breaks and she looks up and a man with a gun like turns <laughs> at the end of that shot oh my gosh so I, I like, did not realize I thought it was just I a thought, fun I thought it was like a great British bake-off like crossover uh like crossover international like finds new success in America no um but I think it is interesting that like apparently the most successful show that will ever that like, it's on track to be the most viewed show ever on Netflix, and it is interesting that the premise surrounds uh, a reality, reality TV. TV. You know, there's... It's so weird, because I watch some of these Netflix shows, like Sex, Sex Education, which is really popular on my Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and I feel like a ton of people are talking about it, but the numbers seem to be like, it's fine. Hmm. It's doing, it's doing well. Yeah. It's not like Stranger Things, but like... Yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird how, like, you get in these little bubbles. Mm-hmm. 
just another statistic to show you the state of reality TV right now. So according to Nielsen, which is like the... I'm ready for the State of the Union, Madam President. According to Nielsen, four score and seven years ago, um, basically just reality TV accounts for half of all programming on broadcast and cable. And it generates $6 billion in annual revenue. Well, like, my grandmother, for example, still has cable. Yeah. And it is mostly reality TV now. Yeah, I was... Because they just don't... Yeah. They just don't do drama, really. And it's also, like, it's expensive to syndicate real shows. Yeah. And, like, you never know exactly when the best time to air something is, and... It's annoying for a viewer to, like, turn on a TV show that they haven't seen before, and if it's a narrative show, then they just have no clue what's going on, whereas with reality TV, that's a non-issue. You can even jump in in the middle of an episode. Yeah, exactly. Even competition ones. Mm -hmm. Bachelor in Paradise, Desert and I will just turn it on. Yeah, no, my... following it. My preferred hotel television is HGTV and Food Network. HGTV is primo. HGTV, I had a I had a pretty hardcore Property Brothers phase. Yeah, well, and it's so until produced. I realized that they decorate every house the exact same way. They do, and it's super ugly too. It's pretty ugly. It's so cluttered. It's very Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, fun fact, I believe it's Jonathan Scott. Yeah. He's the contractor. He has been in a re- in a relationship with Zoe Deschanel yes. for like three years now. Yeah. Now they're madly in love, which That's is so weird. weird. Uh she made a TikTok and all the comments were like, Where's the property brother? <laughs> <laughs> it was like she's Zoe Deschanel. It was kind of funny. That Every- was so horrible. Yeah. So we have history, we have definitions. But how real is it? How oh, real yeah. is it? The real answer is, yeah, it depends on the show, and Mm -hmm. I can't possibly go through every single show and tell you if it's real or not, but there are some trends, and um, there are even studies that are, like, asking why, like, why does it matter how real television, how real reality TV shows are, and there's also just, it seems that people are often distrustful of reality shows because they're entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like, if it were truly real, then these people wouldn't yep. be getting into all of this drama mm-hmm. and but like that wouldn't what would be the point anymore if reality television was truly real if it was like a neo-realist bicycle thief situation nobody would want to watch it like have you ever been in a situation where you go this would make an amazing reality tv show i don't think so i frequently i like see something mm-hmm. Or I experience something, and I'm like, oh, I'm adding this to my future family drama. But, yeah. like, but not really reality TV. No, a lot of times, like, I've, so I've done two study abroads now. Yeah. Where crazy interpersonal stuff happens. Yeah, that and is interesting. Study abroads, that's a good. Study abroads have, like, ooh. So much drama. So much, and so much of it is, like, he said, she said, we're not communicating, ba 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 There's weird authority dynamics. It's mm-hmm. just... Study abroads are rife, I think. I just applied for one. Where? London. When? Spring. But reality TV, and then also I've had roommate situations where I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is good. And that is also just, of course it's not real. You're getting interviews from every single person involved in these conflicts. You normally only get, like, 
one side of the story. Or study abroads are crazy because the professors are usually constantly having one-on-one interviews with students. Really? And so I was actually talking to someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were saying, like, yeah, no, I got, like, all the pieces of stories, and I could see what was going on, and it was kind of stressful. Yeah. It was also really entertaining, and I was like, That's the life of a teacher. (laughs) And a therapist. Is our podcast reality TV? It's two people talking. Oh, my brain. Under the, like, guise of- Well, we- okay, we already know we don't go past the Hays Code. (laughs) We- we don't pass the Hays Code. We don't have a script. We don't have a script. We have notes. Everybody has notes. Most reality TV has notes. Oh, yeah. And a general outline of the... You know, the uh, intended story beats. The parabolic story. (laughs) Is that what it's called? The hero's journey? The parabolic story. The parabolic story. No, isn't it? No, I don't. I don't know why, but I don't think that I... Know anything? (laughs) Ask me a question about a rod or fly quick, so I don't feel stupid. Do raw flies have mustaches? Uh, yeah. Yes, got it. There's one I saw today that had, like, a huge beard. It was really cute. It, that is funny. It's a bumblebee minute. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, here are a few things to consider when you're asking, is reality TV real? All of the concepts were created by someone, usually the producer, and the people who populate the show were auditioned and hired in some way. Like, this is completely consistent across all reality TV. Like, the idea was fabricated, and the people auditioned. It's it's not like yeah. TV... I mean, it's not like reality TV takes representative samples. It takes only from the people who are interested in being on television. I applied for the circle. Yeah, so a lot of the time it's people... Yeah. I mean, you don't count as either of these, but people who are unemployed oh, and yes. or want to be actors. Yeah. Or social media influencers more and more. I'm just like, I'm excited about... Scientific communications. But while footage may be real, it is usually extremely edited. And, you know, that's normal and that's reasonable because, for example, the first season of MTV's The Real World was shot over a three-month period, around 24 hours a day, which added up to 2,160 hours of footage. But only 13 22-minute episodes were actually aired. So approximately six and a half hours. It's like reverse engineering a story from just massive data. Yeah, literally. No, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just trying to find... Desperately trying to create narratives from just pure content. It's kind of impressive of the editors, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, yeah, I'm always... Sometimes, like, something will be so well cut together in, like, The Bachelor, and I'm like, ooh, I know that reaction shot was to something else. Yeah. But you really sold it. Yeah, and that's also... They also include footage now. On Bachelor of Paradise, they're constantly including footage of, like, a bird eating a crab, and then it cuts to, like, a boy being sad because a girl just dumped him, and I'm like... Yeah, they're going full-on Eisenstein (laughs) montage. There was this really funny cut in a couple seasons ago of Bachelor in Paradise where two characters... Like, this guy really wanted to kiss this girl, and this girl was not having it for a while, and when they finally kiss, um, there's, like... There's... There's waves. shots of crashing waves and like a rocket launching. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. I hate it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all like fading into each other. I think I've seen this. Yeah. Uh but editing is 
extremely powerful when you have as much content as you do. But there's also a term called frankenbiting, mm-hmm. which is super common in reality TV, where which just means editing together conversation excerpts or sound bites to create a whole new dialogue or conversation. So you can essentially create like I wonder if someone could take all of our raw podcast audio and make an uh, episode about something different. Probably. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, no doubt. I wonder how many words we've said. We've ha- we've I mean, released like over 15 hours by now of content. Yeah. More than the entire first season of The Real World. Of MTV's The Real World. Let's let's do um every episode. Let's <laughs> quantify it in amount of Real World episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an easy metric since every episode is 22 minutes. Um but yeah, so Frankenbiting footage that was captured days apart can come to appear as one scene or situation. Well, I so know they make them wear similar clothes across multiple. Days, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yes, it is possible to to complete to create completely like insane scenarios, um, and like, I mean, it's it's really depends on the producer and the editor and the show as to like how often they do these Frankenbiting type of situations. It depends on what footage they initially get. It, I mean, I wouldn't say it depends on the morality of the person who's putting it together, but, like, I don't know, sometimes Maybe a little, little bit, right? Yeah. Um, especially if you're, I don't know, creating something that's potentially, like, I don't know, if it, if it potentially has real-world impact outside of a reality t- TV, like, space, where you could probably... It's weird because The Bachelor tried to capitalize on that concept. Yeah. Last, or, yeah, last season, where someone, a girl calls another girl an escort. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it was like, this has real-world ramifications. Yeah. And then they were like, like, Chris Harrison made comments about how it has real-world ramifications. Yeah, and then it's like, no, she's not an escort. And also, (laughs) you could have... Just not, just not included it. Yeah, no, that's totally true. But instead they're like, no, this, oh, you are morally reprehensible for saying this to the other girl. And it was like, what about you for airing it? Yeah, and it is also, some of these things I think are so interesting if you are viewing them a little bit through a documentary lens. Because, yeah. um, like, I've talked to a documentarian where he was making a video uh, where he was making a documentary about, like, this just super-duper small-time filmmaker who who would cast himself in his own films with pretty women next to him, but he would, like, as as the romantic but, lead. But not Neil Breen. But not, but not Neil Breen. Not There's a surprising amount of Neil Breen caric- caricatures characters in, in <laughs> life. I don't know how it's possible to be so, I don't know, oblivious, but um, there was a question as to whether this director was basically just making movies so he could practically cheat on his wife because he was married in real life which is super disgusting but also, it ended up not being worth it to the documentarians yeah. to like bring that up because it would have damaged the husband-wife relationship and they weren't interested yeah. in doing that it wasn't worth it even yeah. if it was like good content but there's still like a moral yeah yeah yeah. If there was, I don't know, if this were about, like, a politician or somebody who actually has, like, an impact in the world, it might have been a different story. It would have been an expose. But as it was, like, damaging relationships, that's kind of the business that reality that reality TV is in, which I think is super just interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also... We, we talked a little bit about how reality TV doesn't technically have to hire writers or pay writers but there are thing there are people 
their segment producers and story editors who basically fulfill the same roles Mm -hmm. and they will pretty much always assemble shooting scripts Mm -hmm. so just so you know like what footage you want to have or you know what what you want people to say or roughly what story you want to tell and then in the case of like more heavily scripted shows um probably like the kardashians and the real housewives would fall into this there's like actual storyboards so it gets pretty pretty nitty-gritty um and these are important tools but because these people aren't technically writers they are treated extremely poorly Mm -hmm. there's no guild for reality tv producers Uh well or reality tv like segment producers because they're still pretty low on the totem pole and sometimes like even if a show is only showing real footage like the conditions on these sets will be super terrible they'll like they'll just pump alcohol into contestants and not feed them as much as they should be getting and they'll cut off any and all intervention from the outside world and they'll be like filming early in the morning late at night 12 hours a day like there are some scenes where like the last the final rose where it's like in the evening where they'll be like eyes bloodshot and it's just like oh man this is at like 3 a.m yeah yeah well because also when you are putting people into these conditions you get more like exaggerated emotional responses yeah and you know reality tv does prey on that and that's not good (laughs) yeah and there are shows where i think most people would view it i don't know there are shows where like great british bake-off or probably um glow up where everybody who's involved like there's a goal Mm -hmm. it's not just watch people create drama it's it's, like people trying to boost their careers and obviously trying to boost their careers and there's a set like you have three hours yeah and everybody seems to come out of it with like a pretty good experience and they're all like friends at the end Yeah. yeah like it is possible but it's just a very different kind of reality tv <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are all all things to consider when you are consuming reality tv. Take most things with a grain of salt, but also and you know, be critical of the like don't judge people too harshly when they are put in awful situations even if they did sign up for it. Like it it's still well, immoral, right? Like yeah. yeah, well and even signing up for something that to me it seems like fun. Yeah. It, it, not everyone is thoroughly researching before they make an application. Yeah, for sure. The only reason why I applied to the circle, which I don't think I'll get it. Well, they never, they said they'd send you like a decline, but they mm-hmm. haven't sent me one, but I'm assuming. They probably got a ton of applicants. Yeah, because they got popular. But um, the only reason why I applied to it was because I looked into the, they don't have the official contract, but they have like a rough draft basically. Mm-hmm. Like a preliminary one. Mm-hmm. And then also I read some like ask reddits with previous contestants and you would get, you would film for a day and then you would get a day off and you'd film for a day and get a day off. That's yeah. The circles. I think a lot of the newer shows that are being created are generally being more. It's uh, probably cheaper than having like an A crew and a B crew. Yeah. So you can do 12 hour, 12 hour, 12 hour, 12 hour. There are also, I, I've noticed a trend in like previous reality TV show contestants talking a lot more about their experience on set. Yep. Yep. And I would have assumed that they would have all signed NDAs, but like. But you can invalidate an NDA. And yeah. The worst thing they're going to do is sue you for defamation, right? Like, I mean, they can probably sue you for damages. Yeah, but I mean, how can you quantify the damages? I mean, they'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> True. 
And I mean, but a judge might also say, although you signed an NDA, like these were like this was abuse or yeah, whatever. These were mm-hmm. unsafe working conditions, and you were in va- uh, violation of your previous contract, making the NDA not. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that there's actually like a lot of complicated legal jargon to do with reality TV because you're dealing with real people. Um, and that yeah, this co- and like a rotating cast that would be absurd. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's like a lot more openness about reality TV. Um, and I, I, like, I was able to find a ton of, a ton of different interviews and stuff with people who have been on different shows and just kind of talking about how, how it all works. So I, I do have a couple of, like, more specific ways that TV, that reality TV works. Um, so one of them, uh, when you watch the, like, HGTV shows about people looking to buy homes, Usually, they've already purchased a home and renovated their new house before filming even begins. Yep. Or maybe your friend owns a house, or maybe the production owns a house, and they're just looking for a cute young couple to walk through a house. Yep. And the houses they look at probably weren't even on the market when the homeowners were house hunting, because also house hunting is, like, a long process. Yes. And most of these shows want to bang out an episode in, like, a few days. Yeah. Um, there are, like, shows like Property Brothers, uh, these renovations normally do take place over a longer period of time, but mm-hmm. they also have huge crews working on it, and they normally don't do, like, a very good job. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about the shoddy, like, Workmanship. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, uh, so... And then, like, the reason why you see a bunch of the same real estate agents and destinations over and over again in these shows like House Hunters is that the network takes a ton of B-roll oh. so so that they can, like, overlap footage from different episodes yeah. and just, like, include it um, just, in, just to meet the 20-minute mark or 40-minute mark. So that, I think, I mean, I already pretty much knew that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Just how, like, HGTV especially, especially House Hunters, it's it's almost it's a hilarious. It's a logistical nightmare, and it's hilarious how much of a sham it is. It's literally just looking at houses is what the show c- should be called. Yeah. Like House tours. Yeah, right? House tours with Janice and Jim. It, and that Have you of... seen that subreddit where it's like, oh, it, it's basically just, like, Jim, a hobbyist yes. butterfly hunter, yes. and Janet, a, a like a freelance space lizard. Maker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cheese maker have a budget of four million dollars. It's just and want to live abroad, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just making fun of how in House Hunters, there's always these couples who seem to have obscure jobs or not work very much, or jobs that are not conducive to their insanely huge budget. I love. But it's also, the all of these people must be going into so much debt. Oh, yeah. Like, so, so much debt. I love the episodes where um, they go, they do houseboats. Those are my favorites. Mm. That's all. Just It's also insane how, like, thoughts. in so many Property Brothers episodes, they're like, okay, the absolute cap we can do is $200,000, and then they routinely end up spending, like, 400000 Yep. It's like, it's like it. And then they have that scene where they're in the bathroom, and they're like, you can either get rid of the hardwood floors... Or we can fix this black mold problem. Yeah, I need to yeah. know what these contracts look like. Where if something just costs a specific amount, but it's more than the property brothers promised, then do they still have to pay for it? Like, I have no idea. I have no clue. 
Um, and I'll never know because I'm never going on one of those shows. That sounds good. I, when I was young, I was like, I would love, I would love for the Property Brothers to come and make me a nerdy house. Yeah. Because there's a, I, I really like the ones where they have like really fun basements with huge entertainment centers and like collectible uh, yeah. shelves. It's amazing. Uh, also, I'm gonna find it. In most competition shows, a clause in the contract says the producer, not the judges, has the final say in who's eliminated. Yep. The judges usually make the picks, but producers do step in occasionally and say, this person's really good for the show. I don't want him kicked off just yet. Yeah. Well, that's how you end up with, like, the... Also, in The Bachelor and stuff, that's how you end up with the... The crazy one makes it so far. Yeah, and normally producers and contestants can, like... Can kind of come to a... I don't know, like, a, a, a... Comfortable medium. A comfortable medium, yeah, we're, like... Consensus. as Yeah, consensus. What's a... Compromise. There you go. Compromise. Compromise is the word. Where it, it seems like just... There's a huge disparity between, like, the good contestants. Like, the good contestants tend to stay on for a really long time, and the really bad ones tend to stay on for a long time. And the ones in the medium, they go home immediately. The boring um, ones, they're yeah. gone. They're out. A desert and I would like to guess whenever we watch the bachelor or bachelorette um of if there were five contestants left we'd be like okay which ones what three are hers what two are the producers yeah yeah for sure what's the um on twitter people often refer to it as the producer rose that's funny yeah so that's something that is interesting uh, then there's also just a ton of research as to whether reality TV makes people worse or, like, makes oh. people stupider. The watching of it? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, there is some question as to the contestants' experience as well because a fair amount of reality TV show contestants have come out and spoken about, like, abuse they've suffered on set or even, like, killed themselves. Yeah. There were, mul- like, a f- two or three that happened in the past few years that were, like, yeah. really huge. Yeah. Um, well, it's so high stress. It's so high stress, and you have, like, so much scrutiny placed on you. And suddenly, as just a person being put in the public eye, Mm -hmm. you have nothing. And a lot of these studies are not, like, super great because, I don't know, just causation and correlation is always, like, the question when you are, when you're doing a scientific study and with psychology it becomes especially shaky, or, like, sociology, which this basically is. Well, humans have too many variables. Yeah, exactly, but... Um, there, so there's, like, a bunch of different, th- there, there are studies that are, like, on the affirmative side that there was a 2015 study that found that reality shows could stimulate parts of our brains that could handle empathy. Mm-hmm. So, um, the experiment had subjects watch clips of embarrassing scenes from reality TV and then lie in an fMRI machine and, like, okay. the people who watched reality TV would, like, have, like, greater empathy, basically. <laughs> they would just react more, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was also a study that linked reality television to narcissism. It was a, it was a shaky link. Yeah. And there was another one, a BYU study actually, that found that reality TV shows, um, contain higher levels of relational aggression, but they depicted almost no physical violence. So. That's true. Yeah. So this was just. Except for, have I shown you, Pooja, what is this behavior? No. From, it's from Indian Big Brother. <gasps> you have shown me this. Where she, like, breaks a broom. Yeah, that's it's insane. so good. But, so just, like, yeah. the thought that reality TV and, like, 
the producers are encouraging violence is just like not true yeah, yeah. relational aggression is still not great and maybe it does encourage like i don't know passive aggressiveness but that's a, that's a pretty heavy maybe yeah um and then there was a study by the girl scout research institute that said that 68 percent of girls surveyed said that watching re- reality television made them feel like they can achieve anything in life and those who watched such shows were almost twice as likely to aspire to leadership than non-viewers. You know, there is something to reality TV being, how do I say, like populist? Yeah. And populist media. Well, that's the thing. It democratizes celebrity. Yeah. Well, and it also, like, if you have watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, mm-hmm. you have more common ground with people like strangers in a room than anyone else yeah so i wonder if there's something to like a person who is willing to watch popular things mm-hmm. and, and being able to relate to others and then succeeding because of those relationships just the not i don't being, know that's something to consider being uppity is that you know what i mean yeah so there's obvious there's like a surprising amount of like scholarship Around. On reality TV, yeah. but I don't know. It's mixed. Watch TV, watch reality TV if you want. Watch what makes it's you happy. It's still looked down on, and it probably will continue to be looked on, down on for a long time, but we should uh, support reality TV show cast members and crew yes. members. And Even The Office at the end mm-hmm. is a reality or like is oh oh yeah no I use I had a section that's like mock reality TV shows and The Office they're popular yeah they're parodies of reality TV huh a million billion percent I was like the end because I, I I like you kind of forget the format it's in until suddenly they break yeah well reality TV it football. just it covers such a massive variety of shows yeah and not all of it is bad and like so, but but it's all. Like, the way all of it is produced is pretty similar, even if, like, the outcomes are different. It's cheap and, like, aggregated, like... Yeah. Yeah. Because I would imagine... Well, yeah, like, The Office is just a writer's room. Yeah, no, it's just a regular TV show that pretends to be a reality TV show, basically. Same with, like, Arrested Development. Isn't Brooklyn Nine-Nine like that, too? Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine doesn't really have talking to the camera, so no. They have some. Parks and Rec is. They have some, but not a lot. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Mm-hmm. I feel like they do. I don't think so. I don't know. It's been a while. But no, Arrested Development, definitely. But maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I would like to conclude. So, yeah. I just. They do lots of turn to camera and be like, what? Like, directly down the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, And I might actually... I don't know if you're editing this, but I want to say this quote because I think it's funny. Okay. When George Clooney, who was starring on ER, he said, theater actors look down on film actors who look down on TV actors. Thank God for reality shows or we wouldn't have anybody to look down on. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that's been, it's been real. If we die right now, at least we will have made a podcast. That's true. I, yeah, no, it's pretty good. <laughs> I've been debating about whether or not I should put this on my CV. Because oh. it does show commitment. And, like, I don't know, it's educational value, perhaps. Or in scientific communication. Yeah, I guess so. And you're also doing... I should put podcasts... doing scientific communication. Yeah, I should well. put the podcast on my resume, just because it's yes. media. Because you are producing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to end this Kay. episode. Um, I'm pulling a ripcord. <laughs> a ripcord on, like, a parachute? 
How's like on a parachute? At the on the end of the episode. You're jumping oh, so out of our recording. Oh, this whole time we've been following. Oh. I should probably do that too. What? <laughs>